Welcome, everybody. I am so excited to see all of you and to have Seth here. I'm Kara Goodwin, host of The Meditation Conversation. This conversation is being streamed on the Conscious Awakening Network, which you can access on ConsciousAwakeningNetwork.org. If you haven't checked them out, please be sure to do so. And let me introduce Seth. Seth Dietlin is an angel psychic medium, a conscious filmmaker, content creator, certified hypnotherapist, and energy healer. He's the author of Ascension with the Angels Tarot, and he facilitates courses and events designed to empower others to access higher levels of conscious awareness through communication with their angels and the quantum field of intelligence. As an angel communicator, Seth's messages focus on revelations and guidance for humanity in heralding the new earth and the transformational process that humanity is currently experiencing. Get ready for a really special episode here. I found this conversation really activating, meaning that I noticed a difference after we recorded it. I could feel that I was able to tap into something in my meditations that I hadn't been aware of before. It's related to his description of the quantum field. The information that Seth brought through wasn't new to me on an intellectual level. I'm well-versed on the topics that we discussed, but there's something energetic that's hard to put words to that definitely affected me, and I hope that you'll be able to perceive a shift within you from this conversation. Seth brings about a beautiful perspective on many topics, from manifesting opportunities to align with your purpose, to the difference between angel communication and intuition, to connecting with loved ones on the other side. What does the spirit go through at death? Seth has great insights on that as well. So before we get started, I have a couple of things I want to mention. First is simply that if you find this podcast worthwhile, please rate and review and tell your friends. It's a free and easy way to support the show and help it grow, and I really appreciate it so very much. It really means so much to me to read your reviews and get your feedback and to know that we are connected through this format. The other thing to mention is that Jenna at Star Family Wisdom is running a summer camp for star seeds. This will be four weeks of online mystery school teachings and transformational practices live on Zoom to support your awakening as a star seed. Work with spiritual protection, connect with your star family, and learn how to reprogram your mind to remember the truth of your reality and access a more magical, beautiful experience of life on Earth. This will be deep, fun, informative, and experiential. You also get four bonuses when you sign up. I've got the link in the show notes, and using that link lets them know that you heard about this from me, and I really appreciate that very much. So now, enjoy this episode. So welcome, Seth. I'm so happy to have you here today. Aloha from Hawaii. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm really happy that you'll be channeling the angels today. What a beautiful blessing for all of us. So let's start by 
talking just about how you began communicating with the angels. Yes, thank you. Good question and great place to start, Kara. I was a real estate agent in Southern California, a very successful one, and this was a little more than 20 years ago. And I had a great big, huge setback in my life, in part or mostly in part from a one-sided relationship that was falling apart and a bit of a setback with my work. And it was a compounding situation. And I literally wanted to leave the planet. Not that I would have done anything about that, but I was having a bit of a meltdown. And I started off by asking God, praying to God, that I could just fall asleep and go back to wherever we come from, because life on earth is very tough. And the minute that I asked for that, I knew it wasn't going to be granted. So I was like, all right, being the negotiator as a real estate agent as <laughs> I was, I said, all right, that's fine. You're not going to take me. I want my angels and I want them to have a tangible connection with them. I don't want to just believe that they're there and that sort of thing. I want to be able to talk to them. I want to know that they're there. And the minute I asked for that, I felt something touch me. I felt a sense of peace overcome me. And then I heard something inside say, Seth, everything's not just going to be okay. It's going to be better than okay. So I went to sleep peacefully and I was like, wow, that's cool. And I woke up the next morning wondering if that was a figment of my imagination or if that had in fact happened. And as I was wondering that, I heard the voice within say, hello. And from there, that connection grew. So I was informed the next morning to reverse the way that I saw the previous day's event so that instead of knowing that the angels had come to bring me peace in that moment, that the situation that had caused the upheaval to begin with was set up divinely so that I would call in them. And then they said, we have work to do together. And I was like, okay, great. I'm never going to be able to tell anyone about this, but all right, that sounds fun. <laughs> Throughout time, they would do a lot of fun things with me. The connection grows from there. They would predict things that would happen in the day and they would come true. So of course I, I tested it out to make sure that this wasn't my imagination. And so these collision of miraculous events would take place. And as a result of that, I would get to trust that they were there. Can you one, share one of those? Yes. One of my favorites, and this is a good one for those who, uh, especially those who are connecting with their guides, et cetera. And just to understand once they come in, you'll have moments where your faith is still challenged years later because something will come up because we think that we, when we start talking to angels that it's a magic carpet right after that, but it's not, it's a little bit challenging. You have a lot of transformation. So one morning I woke up and they told me that my sister, whose name is also Kara, is going to call me and that she's pregnant for a little girl. And I thought, well, that's cool and very specific. And my sister called me four hours later to tell me that she was pregnant. 
I said, it's a little girl. She goes, I don't know yet. So several months later, my niece comes around and fast forward now, a few years later, probably four or five years later, I was having one of those moments where I was having a challenge and wondering if it really was angels that I've been talking to for these years. And at that moment, my sister calls me and tells me that my niece wants to talk to me. And I pick up the phone and she says, Uncle Seth, I just wanted to see if you remembered when the angels told you that I was coming. And I had never told her that story ever. Wow. Yeah. And one time in the beginning as well, they sent me to Disneyland. It's from Southern California. Disneyland was about 20 minutes from my house. And I lived near Laguna Beach, California. And I just got this message that said, go to Disneyland. It's like, okay. So I got on the freeway. And when I got off the freeway, there was a woman and her two little boys. They were stuck off the side of the road. So I got off the off-ramp and I pulled over and we called them a tow truck and I brought them over to the gas station. And later she took my card, my business card for some reason. And then the next day I got a message from her saying, thank you for stopping to help her. And then it was because I stopped that she believed in angels again. And she said that specifically. So there's a lot of situations like that. And one of my other favorite things is that I started getting compelled to reach out to people. I would become aware of them. And so I'd just pick up the phone and call. And sometimes they'd say, oh, come over or whatever. And I'd discover that when I would call them, they were going through something difficult. And I would talk to them and just talk to them like a friend. I would hear things from the angels, which I would say this is the beginning when I started doing readings with people, because readings are a form of healing in that sense. I would hear them and I would just get an idea and I would say, did you ever think of this or what about this? And I wouldn't say anything about the angels or anything like that, but something would shift from that advice that I would give. And sometimes I would leave and I would get a phone call. I wouldn't even be home yet. And I'd pick up the phone in my car and I'd hear, oh my gosh, something miraculous had occurred from whatever the situation was. And I realized that that's interesting because it's like traveling with an entourage with that energy that they were fluffing people up with their energy, I guess you could say, where they were infusing their energy in the situation. And literally 10 minutes after I drove away, something had, something miraculous had shifted. And I realized, okay, that's the fun of working with the angels. Wow. That's really powerful. So now it sounds like you're clear audience. So you, you can hear the messages from them? Yeah, I can hear and I can see images that I can interpret as well. But I also have clear knowing as well. I'll just know something. And what I attribute that is, is them talking to me. But since they speak telepathically, then that knowing is just the transfer of knowledge or knowing that they have, which is where the insightful aspect comes in. Because while it was wonderful to be helpful to people, but then I also got guided of a lot of things that I was supposed to do in my own life, even for things like one time I was working and all of a sudden I got the message to 
check MLS for a client, we were waiting for a house to become available in a very specific neighborhood. And I got this message that said, check in MLS for Palmia for the walkers. And I checked on MLS. I thought, let's see where this goes. And literally a couple hours previously, a house had just been listed on the market. And then I showed that to them and then it was the perfect house for them and they bought it. So it helped me to understand that the angels are here to help us with a lot of things, of course, and especially now with the transitions that we're going through on the earth, the angels aren't just these very grand mystical beings that are there when we're unconscious in an accident or we can't find our passport and suddenly we hear a little voice that says, check the middle drawer. They are there for those things, but they're there to guide our regular life, to guide us to jobs, guide us to people we're supposed to meet and all of that and really help us live the highest path. But to stay to your question, they really started creating this wave of power that was noticeable. And pretty soon, something that I thought I was going to keep as a secret, I started, hey, guess what's happening to some select few people. And I was surprised to find that the people that I felt compelled to share that with were receptive to the information. But another really cool piece of this that was very confirming was somehow or another, I got compelled to go to the bookstore like Barnes and Noble. I lived like walking distance to a Barnes and Noble. And I walked in there and I walked into this section and I found one of the books about talking to angels. And I was like, Ooh, this is cool. So this is really a thing. Got it. And I just opened a book and it said, watch for coins and feathers. And I thought, okay. So I bought the book, but I started watching for them. And the next thing you know, these signs start showing up more often. And so, because I could hear the angels speak to me at the time, I heard them say, it's not really necessarily about the signs, you know, they're there because they alert you to the fact that we're here. And it's the presence that you feel, the connection that you feel to what I would ultimately discover is the quantum field. It's that connection that you become aware of to the quantum field that really does excite you. And so after getting accustomed to these various signs, I one day was walking out of the post office in Laguna Beach, where I used to check my mail every day. And I tell you, I was looking and I saw this white feather literally materialize in front of my face. And it went and it started just to travel sideways, like what we would call a wisp. It literally started to travel sideways. And I looked in the alley in between the post office and I saw there was a metaphysical bookstore there. Now I'd checked this post office box for seven years and I never knew that was there. So I went over to it. There was a great big window and there was a bunch of profiles of intuitive readers. And one of them in particular caught my attention or awareness. And it was somebody who worked with the angels specifically. And it was like, say, I remember it was Tuesday at 2.25. And the profile said that she worked Tuesdays from two to six. So I thought, huh, she's working today. So I went in there. And to tell you how long ago this was, I asked if she was available 
And I saw them look down at a calendar and someone had just been scratched off the 2.30 slot. And she said, oh, that's funny. Someone just canceled the 2.30 slot. She's available in five minutes. And I thought, this is great. I'm supposed to see her. So I walked in and she literally said a little prayer invoking the angels. And she looked around me and she said, do you have any idea how many angels there are around you? And she's still a very good friend of mine this day, but she helped me to move up in my understanding of how to utilize that newfound connection. So there's so many amazing you know, miracles that happens as a result of communicating with them. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. Those are phenomenal stories. And I want to get back to, you mentioned about the connection with the quantum field and that they said that more than anything, that's what is exciting. But before we get to that, can you explain if there's some differentiation with you in terms of guides versus angels? Because you also mentioned that this particular woman specifically worked with angels. That's really what you focus on as well. And maybe there's a lot of different types of help that individuals have. What sort of differentiation do you make between specifically angels and then other types of guides? Good. Let's just put it this way. One of the things that the angels have revealed to me, in as much as that our bodies are an illusion that we create to be in a lifetime on earth, the angels are a band of consciousness. And so it's a band of intelligence. And as much as we can individuate them as Archangel Michael, or Archangel Raphael, and of course, my favorite Nancy, the parking angel that really is helpful at Trader Joe's in, <laughs> in the valley where they have this super thin parking spaces and nobody, everybody's parking there. But what, in whatever way they choose to materialize it, we are also materializing because we're not our body. We're from a band of consciousness or an energy of consciousness. And as real as our bodies are here are while we're here, they're not real. They're a part of our imagination, shall we say, or a holographic experience. So in order to have the most powerful connection with our angels, we move out of individuating who they are and into understanding that they're a band of frequency. Now, the angels, for my understanding or to simplify it, call the quantum field. And even though there's scientists that cover quantum field, the quantum field with the sort of scientific and experimentation, which is great. We're gaining a lot of information just from our intuition and applying it. And the quantum field, according to the angels, is just the mind of God, the creator. And so they're a band of frequency within that quantum field that is utilized to communicate with us, to connect with us. And the interesting thing that I discovered is I teach people, and when I say teach, I have to use that word because otherwise people won't know to come to a class. But all I do is create an environment where the connection between people and the angels happens. And one of the things that I discovered is that when I started facilitating these courses, people started explaining to me that they started experiencing all these amazing miracles. And I went, oh my gosh, that's right. Because the intent was to come in and communicate with them to be guided with them, especially these days where everything is so difficult and we can definitely feel 
a pervasive energy of flux and chaos and upheaval. We can definitely feel it as we're shifting. And so the, that connection is very helpful, but people started explaining like that they'd start to get more clients or that a situation had resolved and things like that, just because of connecting in or tapping in. And I was like, oh, that's right. The byproduct of being tapped in with them is that all of a sudden now you're connected to the quantum field through tapping in and the miracles are a natural byproduct of that. But I stay away from individuating them. That's why I just call them the angels. But within that band of frequency, we can have conversations. Like I've had Archangel Gabriel show up in my car and start talking to me telepathically. I was like, okay, great, dude, you want to go for a ride? Great, let's do it. And when I created the cards, the Ascension with the Angels tarot cards, they were created with the intent of actually embedding the frequency of the angels. And when I wrote the oracle meanings of each card, so those were all messages from Archangel Metatron, who's here to oversee the ascension. So that's the way we individuate them, but we allow them to exist within this oneness or this unity of the field. Because just in the same way that you and I are one, they are one with each other and work in that unity as well. Thank you for that. So when you talk about them being a band of energy, is it, if we talk, if we think about them in relation to other types of guides, so the ascended masters or mm -hmm. galactic guides or ancestors, that type of thing, when you say a band of frequency, so I think of a, a hertz frequency that runs mm -hmm. from this number to this number, and that's the range in which something materializes. So even colors work in the fan mm. spectrum. So maybe we could think about the color red, for example, and you're going to see red from this number of hertz. Would it be hertz? I think so for the wavelength yeah. and to this number. And then once it starts to get beyond that number, you start to enter orange or you start to enter infrared. And and that's kind of that differentiation from something that we see in the physical world. Could it be, is it, is that a metaphor that would apply when you talk about a band? Like it's, yes. Is that a way to think of it? Yes. Thinking of a spectrum and the spectrum is a great analogy to that. And only we would apply that spectrum to our awareness. And that's where that is. So let's just put it this way. A spectrum is a good analogy because you have the light spectrum which starts off at red. It actually starts off below that, but it starts off at red and it, for what we can see and goes all the way to violet. Of course, we have ultraviolet and infrared, which is a frequency that exists in the spectrum that is below and above that that we're able to detect with the human eye. And in the same way, that's a, an excellent analogy because we think about it as mind. So we have that part of our mind that's, I hate Mondays or something like that. Oh, that person, or, oh, I wish I had more money or whatever. And we start going up and we're like, oh, I'm so grateful. And then we go up to another level, which is, oh, you have a purpose in life. And then we go up to another level and another level. And there's no end to the levels in which we go up or let's say move up into more expanded states of our own awareness. And 
a lot of us have switched from using the word spiritual to using the word consciousness because it just is an implication or an indicator to our own awareness, which is something that's within. And that's really all we are is awareness, right? We're not the physical body, we're awareness. And that's where we actually have our power to experience the reality that we want to experience, including influencing the shifting in the world right now. So that's where we have the power to do that is trusting or knowing that we are awareness because everything starts with awareness, right? And that's why, for example, people come to us for readings is because we shift awareness so that someone can see something a different way. And the minute they see something a different way or become aware of it a little bit differently or from a heavenly perspective, let's say, or higher perspective, then all of a sudden they know what to do with it. And then their actions are predicated based on what they know. And then once they have different actions or are seeing a situation differently, then it can expand and become the blessing and experience that it's meant to become. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Thank you for that. And so let's move back to the quantum field because in case there are people who that's not a really familiar term, you you did talk about it, you've talked about it and touched on it, but is there a way that everybody can access the quantum field or the higher yes. realm of consciousness and live powerfully? Yes. In fact, that is exactly what we are. Every single person, which is why we're doing this right now. When the angels first came to me and after a little while telling me that we're going to do work together and then having fun, little miracles, rescuing people off the side of the freeway that I didn't know was there and things like that. Okay. It's almost like they sat me down and said, okay, here's the deal, dude. This is what we're doing. First of all, you're going to lose everything they told me. And second of all, the world is about to change a lot. Now this is 20 plus years ago. And they said the pillars of the world, which we could call constructs of the world, don't serve the world like you think they do. They create war and havoc and they create the poverty in the world. Otherwise the world would live in abundance. But um, what's so going can you clarify a bit just about what you mean or what they mean about those pillars? Government religion, money system, and the medical system. All of those are outdated systems because from our higher states of consciousness, we not only don't need them, but those structures suppress us from being all that God designed us to be. And our true design by God is of a conscious creator and, and to co-create with God. And that those structures, they don't accidentally exist. It wasn't some sort of accident that God let in. It's part of our training process to understand the conscious creator within. But the quantum field is who we are. And I love the analogy that the angels give me because nature exists already in the quantum field, right? Which means that it automatically thrives. Left untouched by humans, the rain already waters the plants, the sun photosynthesizes them, and everything happens. Everything in nature happens so automatically and miraculously. 
And I love the analogy that the angels give me, which is that the bee and the flower, they just find each other, even though they have a codependent relationship on each other. And we don't mean that in the derogatory way, they depend on each other for the miracles that occur from there. And the angels like to joke that the bee isn't like leaving the hive going, oh my gosh, I need to do my shadow work. I didn't find a flower yesterday. <laughs> and the flower is not, whoops, I better post five more stories on Instagram. Otherwise <laughs> a bee's not going to find me today. But they have this very wonderful uh, way of communicating with each other. We could call it telepathically. And when I've gone astral traveling, I've actually seen the band of energy where plants are communicating with each other. Nature is communicating with each other and we're on that same connection. And so that interconnection of intelligence is what the angels refer to as the quantum field. Now I'm not a scientist. I'm just an intuitive who gets messages from those that reside within that field. And I'm only here to actually reveal what's been revealed to me about how to access it and create miracles. I'm not here to take it apart, nor am I here to prove it to somebody who's not ready to actually embrace it. So the way that I understand it is just from communicating with them and using it or applying it to create miracles. And what happens when we get into this, and this is the whole point of the work, is that I teach people when I do my presentations, is that I'm not here to teach you to communicate with your angels because they want to come and teach you how to play the harp. Uh, they want to teach you how to manifest. They want to teach you how to have amazing, powerful relationships, and they want to turn your life into a nonstop stream of miracles that you consciously create. And it is fun. And when you realize that you've come from this point where you live purely from logic and density, and you go into this place where everything just flows and it's amazing and miraculous and these wonderful things happen, that's the transformation we're meant to make it's the way we're designed to live, and it's the way that the world is designed to be. And we're moving back into that. Yeah, thank you. So, Seth, do you, do you need to get into a channeling state to actually access the things that you've been talking about? It feels like you are, they're already kind of coming through, but I don't know if we need to transition to where. No. So, so okay. what I do... When I work with them, and I've seen people who do that before where they like breathe and start flittering their eyes or whatever, I'm a relay. So I just answer questions. And yes, when I do this work, I'm working with them to do it. So everything that I answer, they put the thoughts in my mind, or sometimes they even give me the words. Sometimes I'll get these incredible words and I'll be like, oh, thank you, angels. That was a good one. So. I literally will just answer your questions, but I'm a relay from them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's a lot more like having a conversation. And it is true that we will feel their presence in it. So when I do readings, for example, 
people will feel the presence of the angels. And I'll use an example because I was listened, listening to a channeled work one time, and I got into such a deep state of trance listening to it that I realized that the beings, the angelic beings that this author had channeled, transcended time and space. And I could sense that they were speaking to me directly. And in a way, the medium had disappeared out of my awareness. And I was literally hearing the information from those angels. And so that's what takes place when we do this. And that's why I love answering your questions, but I'm answering them specifically as a relay from them. Oh, beautiful. I would like to to mention to the people who are here today joining us, if you have any questions that you want to ask the angels, please be free to place those in the chat and I'll, we'll be sure to get to those. So one thing, Seth, that I'm curious about you, and you've touched on this kind of mass awakening that's happening and, and what we're undergoing. You talked about how the pillars are not serving us from our evolutionary standpoint, what does this mass awakening look like from the angel's perspective? That's a great question. And it's interesting because they revealed this 20 years ago to me. And since I've come to know other people who channel angels and other beings, it's been pretty much the same information across the board. So what is happening and this is where i would love to give the audience a lot of peace about where we are now and where we are going so the angels revealed that we would elevate in consciousness at the beginning they just used the context that we would all have a spiritual awakening and then we would expand our awareness which as we can plainly see is happening and that what would happen as soon as we reached a certain point where we became aware, we would realize that we're not our body, but we're something bigger than that. And we would actually access our codes of our true design. And right around that time, the top heavy constructs of our world that we have come to trust as being that organizes our world would actually collapse of their own inauthenticity. And they explained that at that time, we would be so connected to God, the creator, via the quantum field or the intuitive or field of awareness or intelligence, that we would all know what to do when that happens. And from that place, we would live in a sort of a, think of like a hive, like a beehive. They have a queen bee and they all know what to do. And all of that is done via non-localized intelligence. There's a communication level that goes on with the bees where they know where to go and they communicate with each other. That's why we use the word hive mind is because they are all one being, right? The bees, they're all one being that each of them operates in unity with. And we're going to move into that. The creativity that comes from that, the technology that comes from that, that we have. But what's more interesting than that is that 
where we're meant to go with this is we're meant to actually consciously create everything that we want to experience with. And what I mean by that is you literally will never have to go to Land Rover to get a new car or whoever. You will create it with your imagination. And there's a lot of other evolutionary aspects of this, but that's what we're capable of doing. Everyone says and is aware that life in a human body on planet Earth is a school for the soul. And the angel said, nobody ever told you what subject you're studying. And the angels say the subject is conscious creativity. And in that respect or in that realm, the conscious creativity, God the creator creates with several things, but two of the most important things is unconditional love, which is infinite love, and then the ability to trust his or its imagination that when he imagines something and energizes it with unconditional love, it becomes a materialized thing. And, and this is where I teach people how to consciously create is to access your imagination and to activate or generate high amounts of frequency in your heart. And then you energize that creation, which is how we create it to be. And if you notice that everything that we call a lesson in life, if you actually trace that lesson to what it's actually, say, teaching us, it's, it's actually reminding us of either how to access higher band of love, which means removing a condition from love, or it's teaching us to trust or have faith. It's teaching us one of those two things. If you trace each of those lessons, and that's what our school is here that we're here to learn or remember is to access our true design, which is of a conscious creator. But to ask, to answer your question, and I wanted to give the audience an idea of where the angels say we're going with this, because we're not just going into another material world with a different government and a different money system. We're going to be accessing our true design, which looks completely different. So the way that the angels have pointed out that we make this journey is it's first through accessing this higher awareness. And as we access this higher awareness individually and collectively, then all of those other things are just going to collapse. Uh, one of the things that Archangel Metatron pointed out to me in a conversation one time is he said, as you move up in consciousness, you'll notice that time is different. And that's because linear time is not real. We go into a timeless state when we're in meditation. We practice a present moment awareness. All of that is a timeless state, which is the most powerful state we can be in, which is fully activated higher consciousness. And interesting enough, that's where we create miracles from is that state of consciousness that's outside of a false time construct. And we know what it's like to escalate out of the false time construct. Metatron said that the false construct of time is the foundation that all the other false constructs, such as the money system, the government, and the other things that exist here, all those other false constructs, they are built upon the foundation of the false construct of time. So when the false construct of time becomes to disappear and we move into more authentic time, which we're already feeling it, what we call speeding up, 
but we're actually transcending it. When we do that, then it pulls the foundation out from those constructs and they'll collapse on their own. They're already doing that, right? As we're doing this, we're already seeing it action. So to, so every bit of progress that we make collectively to become more conscious or become more aware, every bit that we do that, we're noticing more revealing of the corruption. Yeah. So we're, the revealing of the corruption happens as we move up as well. And it's part of that dismantling, but this is not an us versus them kind of thing. And so that's important to actually frame it that way. We're supposed to see these constructs as wonderful teachers that were designed by the creator to teach us how to create from our consciousness. So we're not at war with these constructs. And that's an important, that's an important aspect to realize. So we're meant to unhook from the negativity, feeling like we're at war with them because they don't truly exist in a certain way, but we're not at war with them. So we're meant to love them into evolutionary, evolutionarily disappearing. And as a result of this, of course, then we're moving into this greater love of creativity. So far, what we see is we're seeing now more miracles or more manifesting, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we're meant to do. So we're already seeing this progress take place because to the level that we've elevated consciousness and to the level that, that this has started to dismantle, we're already seeing manifesting resources when we need them, et cetera. But again, back to the time thing, Tron said, do you know why you're meant to pay back your loans every 30 days? It's to keep you in linear time, because as long as it keeps you in linear time, then the, that system has a life force. It has a life. That's yeah. really interesting to think of it from that perspective mm -hmm. and how it's keeping us attached to these pillars. I hadn't really thought yeah. about it in that way. Yeah. That's Do you want to become debt-free? Pay your bills on time, but also transcend linear time. If you want to become debt-free and become a magnet for amazing resource when you need it, a couple things that the angels say is stop counting the money. As we think of things in terms of, oh, they have $5 off over here. That makes me $5 richer. That's one way that we stay in it instead of actually rise above it. But instead of quantifying like the money, like how much we have or how much we owe or whatever, and thinking about it is that we just say, oh, I have everything that I need in this moment. And the world that I live in abounds with resources and that come to me easily and smoothly and to everyone all of my spiritual brothers and sisters on this planet. And That's we do, yeah. And then we do that and we live in a whole different, we live in a whole different paradigm of abundance, which is that, that we, that all of our needs and wants can be met simultaneously. And that also removes that sort of competition for things like there's scarcity and that we're competing with each other for right. things, which is also part of the false construct as well. Because right. when you can create, yeah. because yes. when you can create with your true design, which is that of being a conscious creator, there's only unlimited creativity, which is what we don't have access to when we're in the mindset of false scarcity or competition for whatever. Uh, you have yeah. to compete with that person for a dollar. You have to compete with that person 
for food, whatever it's it is. It's a whole shift. It's a whole new paradigm that we want to mm-hmm. get in. We yes. do have several questions that have come in. So I would love to hit some of these if you are happy yeah. to do that. Yes. So we have Cassie who has a question for the angels. And she says, right now I'm going with the flow and following my interests. Is there something in particular I should be doing to help my path unfold? I love this question. So first of all, the doing is what I would strike from your vocabulary. What do I do? Nothing. You surrender. If you want to do something, surrender. Because the intention of following a path is enough to activate the flow of everything that's meant to be from there. Now, here's the cool thing that happens is we begin to dismantle the whole idea that of idealizing what should be. We start to be in the now moment. And especially when we actually strike the whole thing of doing, because the doing comes when our linear or logical mind wants to infuse itself back in there and say, but wait, this could be more, wait, this could be bigger and all of that kind of thing. But what's cool with the doing part is that if you release or when you surrender and release and just have the intention to be on the path. It's going to show up, but it's going to show up through the law of progression. Now, I've got good news because that law of progression is more quicker moving now because we live in a different time construct than we used to, thanks to the mass awakening. But there is a bit of allowing things to happen in their own time. And so there's nothing that we need to do, per se, except surrender and release and allow what's going to show up and just be in the present moment with our heart as expanded as possible. Okay. So now we have Katie and she says that she would love to have a tangible relationship with her angels. And she recently started to communicate with them. She gets messages through emails and music She's clairsentient. What's the easiest way to work towards a tangible connection? First of all, you already have one. That's a great question. I love that one. Because I remember when I asked for a tangible relationship, I was expecting something of Hollywood production where there was an actual angel with wings standing in front of me. And that's not to imply that the person who asked this question is saying that. When, when I work with teaching people, you know, how to deepen that connectivity, what the one place where we always start with is that it's very subtle. An example is when I talk about the time that I got the message to go to Disneyland, I just got an urge and I just knew it was from them. And it wasn't until I got there and saw someone stranded alongside the road that I was able to actually know for sure that it was the angels guiding me to be there and just not some sort of weird idea that floated inside my head and want to go visit Donald Duck or something like that. But the, the, the idea is that it starts off very subtle. And if you're already getting it subtly, then that's as tangible as it comes. The only thing that happens is that they will walk us through an experience where faith is increased. So more incredible things can happen. And it actually gets bigger and better. They don't take us from zero to hundred, like a a Ferrari in 2.3 seconds, because it would be jolting for us. And that's where 
we have created this terminology, a healing crisis, because um, as we know, there's a sort of a cycle for shifting and it brings in a bit of upheaval first, and then we go to the shift and then there's a bit more upheaval and a bit of a shift. If we shifted a lot all at once, the amount of upheaval would be too much to handle. And so that's why we have the progression that comes with that. We have this progression because this also speaks to Cassie's question, which is the whole idea that it goes at a certain speed so that it doesn't cause too much upheaval. Because when you start comparing notes with a lot of people who are communicating with the angels, and of course, I've had these groups, right, where people come in, they're like, oh, this happened and that happened and this happened. And yes, it's all that upheaval that has happened in order to actually bring you into that awakening. But we're not supposed to focus on the people, right? My upheaval happened during the real estate crisis and I lost everything, my house, my business and everything. I lost wow. all of that, right? And so you go, oh, wow, that's part of the journey to get there is that upheaval. So it happens through the law of progression. And again, it happens much quicker now as a result of the fact that we're in a different time construct, I guess you could say. So you're also moving through things much quicker too. And we're also at a place, if you've noticed as well, where when the upheaval comes up, we're like more watching it now. We're like, huh, instead of spinning out in it and being part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so important. And I love what you talk about with the kind of the dismantling and how that can start to pave the way for new to come mm. in too. Yeah. 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 We have a couple of questions from people who have lost their parents and, and perhaps other loved ones as well. And just wanting to know if there are messages or guidance about when we lose a loved one. Yeah, this is great. I love these questions. And especially now, first of all, one of the things that I'm, that I feel guided to say is that don't be afraid right now from the amount of people that we see leaving. So this all has to do with soul agreements, according to the angels. And this is a frame for taking on the question directly. And the angels say, that there are some people that didn't agree to be part of the new earth, that they would go back and bring back another body and participate in the new earth from another life. So there are a lot of people who are and will be leaving us at this time. And it doesn't matter to begin to calculate what that's from an uptick in this kind of cancer or from this or that or whatever. Anyone who's leaving us now, they're leaving us via a soul agreement. And whatever way we see them leaving is really the way that they chose to leave. And that's one of the interesting things. We all have agreed upon a way in which we depart, which is always pain-free. As a hypnotherapist, I take people through past life regressions where we experience the transition of life again. But I also take people with the angel's help into connecting directly with the loved ones where they can have a conversation with them again. And one of the things that always comes up is that they want us to know how joyful they are 
to have completed the journey here because it's like any other task that we take on, we look forward to its completion as well. And while we're here, of course, we want to be here as long as we can to have this experience. And we do that, but your loved ones are in a space where they're, oh, that was great. I learned what I was supposed to learn. That was amazing. Now I'm on to the next. And of course they love us and they're still connected to us. And they want us to know that they're eternally connected to them. And we truly are, which is why they'll visit us in our dreams and send signs and do all of that. But to actually know that they're really happy from where they're at as well. And it's great to relay that. But like I said, very often when, like when I bring people into connectivity, when I do that work, it's so very satisfying to have the opportunity to hear that from them directly too. So communicate with them directly and let them communicate with you directly as well in any means available. Yeah, thank you for that. And I love a lot of things that you've said kind of build on this whole, like there are details to every situation that are facilitating. So you talked about it with time, with like how people transition to the other side with, there might be details, but, and there was another one that you used too, where it was like, it doesn't really matter the mechanism. It's, and we can use these kinds of, if we see an uptick in a certain type of cancer, as you say, we might feel like, oh no, things are out of control. Things have spiraled out of control. And it's rather, there's something bigger. And it's like this expansion of, okay, don't get caught up in the details, trust that mm -hmm. there is a divine plan. And these are just mechanisms to allow something bigger. Right. If there, yes. For example, if there's all of a sudden, and, and I'll say this from living in Southern California, which is a fault zone. And of course, now I'm on the big island of Hawaii, which is a great big fault zone from all the volcanoes. If you live on a fault zone and then you start hearing about all these earthquakes around the world that are devastating and huge. That's not a reason to be afraid of earthquakes because you live on a fault zone or because you're at risk for this or the other, let's say, then it's not an opportunity to be afraid that your turn is next. If that's the way that you agreed to leave, that's the way that you agreed to leave. And the other thing that I want to add to give the audience peace about this as well. When people depart, when we depart before anything traumatic occurs to us. So let's say, for example, someone is dying of a heart attack. Their soul leaves the body before the pain happens. They might experience a few chest pains or whatever. And just to use probably one of the worst case scenarios you could possibly imagine is like a crash of a jet, right? And those people don't die the minute that the jet hits the ground, they leave, their souls leave their body right about the point where the plane has lost control. And by the time the plane hits the ground or the ocean or whatever, the souls have already transitioned out of those bodies. Yeah. That's, that is very comforting. So Maria wanted to talk about the surrender that you talked about earlier. And if you can talk a little bit more because action is required to move forward. So where, how do we balance surrender mm. and action? Right. 
action is guided action. So it certainly doesn't imply that, that I'm going to sit in my yoga pose and, and meditate a Tesla into my driveway, <laughs> but we will get to that point. We really will. But in the meantime, it will take guided action. And what that means is that there are tons of different actions we can take. But in our particular case, the only way that we're going to know what those actions are is to wait for the guidance. And I'm going to use a real concrete example. So let's say we need a job because we're unemployed or we don't like the one that we have or we feel called in a different direction. Either way, we're aware of a transition in how we're offering ourselves to humanity. And we can do one of these things. And notice, I haven't had to look for a job in a long time, but you have to go online and spend two hours just to apply for one job. So let's say you apply for 100 jobs and you might get like 10 interviews and maybe no offers. What's really cool, when you surrender, you're going to get the guidance of where to go directly. And I've had that experience happened to me the last time I needed a job, last two times I needed a job, I literally got guided right to it. So I didn't have to go through all that extra stuff. So what happens is that when you surrender, you don't automatically assume that the activity that you think is going to produce the results is how you produce the results. Because the secret sauce, according to the angels, is that your doing is not what creates the results. You will do to get there, but it's not the vehicle that creates the results. What creates the results is your imagination and your access to generating as much unconditional love as you possibly can. And I was an actor for a while after real estate, and I got guided out of the acting world, out of the Hollywood industry. And I was writing TV shows and things like that for myself to indie produce. And I got guided to go work in a specific place. So this is a good concrete example. I was like, you know what? I feel like I should sell cars. And it was a specific brand that I love. And there was a specific dealership that I wanted to work at. And so I got that idea via intuition. And I called a friend of mine to tell her that I was thinking about doing that. And she said, oh, do you? She said, my good friend is a sales manager over at that dealership. And that's how I got the job. Wow. So that's what I mean by surrender mm -hmm. and allow. Because instead of actually putting out 100 resumes to a bunch of other dealerships in this case, because I wanted to just chill out and write my scripts, or so I thought, but it ended up being like a direct line. And then I moved to Sedona for a little while. And when I got there, the angel said, you know how this works. You don't even have to look for a job. Don't look for a job. Because eventually when we get to a certain level, things start happening even more magically. So I get to Sedona and they say, don't look for a job. We'll find one for you. And I knew why they said that, because if I were to do that, there was a specific place that I was going to go in Sedona to go look for a job as a reader. And instead, what happened was I went to go buy a book in another place and got to talking with people and ended up getting a job there, which was a much better place to be than the place I would have picked had I actually done it through my mind or through my logic.
And so using those examples, that's how we do our part. And yet we allow the universe or the quantum field to do its part because we don't just assume or try to push or try to control or try to make it look like what we want it to look like because there's underlying things that the quantum field knows that will be revealed later. And it saves us a whole lot of hassle. I love that. I love that. We have a few questions in here too of people wanting specific in, insight into their lives. I'll just say, let's keep this a little bit more at the collective level. And Seth is available for personal readings. So you can always connect with him one-to-one -one if you're looking for specific answers for your particular life. Jane is asking if there is a difference between intuition and hearing from angels. Good question. It's the same. And I want to add this to that conversation that will really up-level your ability to do that. And that is, well, first of all, our angels will talk to us in second person, and we don't realize that we're doing that until we make ourselves aware of it. <laughs> so they say things like you are doing, like- Should do. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah. And they're already doing that for us. So I teach a course, which is about helping people to communicate with the angels. And, and I mentor a group. Anyways, the whole idea, and one of the things that shifts- is when we start to actually hear them speak to us in second person. And we can access them in various ways, but then we'll actually notice like, oh my gosh, they just told me that I should do this. But they'll also stay stuff, not just action oriented, but they'll also shift our perspective on something or our take on something. So not only do, will they say you should send that person an email, or like in the case where I used, where I got compelled to call one of my friends just to share an idea with her. And it turns out she added something valuable to add to that. And of course I was guided to do that, but we'll get that guidance in second person. So that's one of the ways that really shifts is when we hear them in second person. And that, that actually helps us to do that. And they don't really care whether we consider this our idea or whatever. The other thing that really shifts us is understanding that they communicate with us through the same portal as our imagination. And one of the things that the angels have revealed is that we've become so accustomed to relegating imagination to child's play. It is absolutely not child's play. Because we came here to remember the conscious creator that we are, imagination is very potent to that end. And so, of course, the matrix that we live in wants to actually diminish the value that imagination, oh, you're just daydreaming. Oh, that's too incredible to be true. You're just imagining things that don't you're exist. You're just making that up. You're yeah. just making that up, right? Yeah. And that's a very potent term because that's exactly where we wanted to arrive here to the point, which is that very often when you're getting the guidance, when you really turn on the juice, when you really turn the faucet on full blast, sometimes it's going to seem like you're making it all up. And then you just 
learn to trust, which is why we go through the process here, which to, to those that ask the question of trying to filter out what's guidance from your angels and what's your own intuition, it's sometimes it's going to come through that channel that we relegate as imagination. And it's going to be something where we go, oh, wow, did I just make that up? Right? And that's what we're going to be doing. Did I just make that up? And what happens is that pretty soon we discover that's exactly the channel that it comes through, the most powerful stuff. When we get guided to do those incredibly specific things or to wait for something incredibly specific or see that something incredibly specific is possible for us, it will seem like it's our imagination. I love that. I tell people that a lot in meditation too, where it's like, we can tell, like we might see some light and it's going to be subtle. Like when you're first starting to see things, there's a subtlety to it. So it can be, we try to rationally explain what it is. Oh, maybe the sun got brighter and it brightened the room and it's coming through my eyelids. And that's why I think I saw light. Or we'll tell ourselves all these different stories about how does this fit into the 3D matrix? And it's like, release that so that you can strengthen your imagination. Even Maybe it's your imagination, but allow yourself. It's like this gateway. And when we're closed and things either have to be real or imaginary, that's a gateway to move through. You still have to get through that to get to strengthening your intuition and so forth. And the thing that's supposed to flip at some point when we have our awakening is remembering that we are the soul and not the body. And just like Dolores Cannon said, you aren't the body, you have a body, right? And what generally happens when we awaken consciously is we realize, wait a minute, I'm not this costume that I'm wearing. I am something else. I am something else. And when we become that something instead of the costume that we're wearing, then everything shifts from that point, which again, as you explain, trying to see the quantum from the finite is a lot more difficult and it doesn't really yield the results of really a clear vision of what you can possibly see or the power that you can access. It's better to begin to switch that. And I remember the angels telling me that first hand is instead of seeing yourself as a body with a soul, see yourself as a soul with a body and everything will shift because then you try to actually understand that the 3D is obeying the 5D, if you like those terms, or that consciousness is creating the very things that you see. So if we see a chain reaction of events in the physicalized world, that's not the cause of something. That's the result of something that consciousness already created. But for now, until we remember that we're a conscious creator and we can make something happen instantly, we need to see that chain reaction of events. And a perfect example of that is the money system. That's why that will disappear. People say, are we going to have a different money system? No, we're not. We're not going to need it. Because right now, we need to see ourselves when we want something, go to where it's already been offered and built for us. But here's a hint, because we're all the same being in a different body, we're the one who built that thing. 
in the other body, so to speak. And so we go somewhere to get that thing and we use that other thing that's money to go get it, right? Pretty soon, at some point in our evolution, we remember who we are, the soul with the body. We created that body that we're in and everything in the reality that ultimately we will short circuit, go right from imagining that we want that thing to it actually appearing before us instead of having to use to watch the transaction happen. And that's, those are good words. Thank you, angels. Is that when we're talking about the 3D reaction of events, that's just us still needing to watch the transaction occur to believe that it can come into existence and will eventually transcend that as well. And as most of us know, are visitors from other evolved worlds who have spacecraft to come and visit us, they didn't make those spaceships by tinkering in their labs. They made them from their imaginations and they navigate them with their imaginations because that's how evolved they are. Yeah, and beautiful, beautiful. Anna has a tag on to the question about intuition and angels. And she was asking if it helps to hear the angels if you're recognizing the signs and acknowledging them, if you're kind of building that rapport and relationship with them actively. Yes. And here's something more powerful that you can add to that or expand to that. It's nice to know that when we take a tiny step towards the angels, they take a quantum leap toward us. So all we have to do is have the intention of a connection with them. They'll make the rest of the journey. And that's one of the things that I discovered along the way is that this memory that we have, and it goes something like this, that before we came here, we agreed to some of the ideas of what we are going to experience here. And we did that with our angels to guide us. And they remember the plan while we have the amnesia. That's why we get to access them. And they have put themselves within a range where they are easily accessible. We just have to remember how to do that. And then the more we do that, the more we come. When they first came to me, I thought they were just going to stick around for a week and then I was going to go back to life as usual because I had no context for the fact that we could have an ongoing relationship with them. And here it is 20 plus years later, and I have never lost track of them since then. And there was actually not even a period where it kind of quieted and I focused on something else. So the other thing, Anna, is that you're going to notice that all of this is just going to expand where it becomes so automatic that you're not even going to think about it anymore. That's beautiful. I think you've touched on this already, but just in case there's anything else that comes to mind, Kevin says we're becoming exoconscious humans evolving as a species. What advice would your angels give to our exoconscious community? That you're on the right track. Okay. And for whatever reason, the angels want to say specifically that if there's any place that you were designed to be, it's there. And there's 
especially, and I don't know why I'm supposed to say this, but I trust this because it's what I hear from them. You know where you're at, but there's no need to put any effort into trying to explain what you know to other people who aren't ready yet. And I don't know why I'm supposed to give that message to that, but that's what I heard. In other words, when you're in this space and you have this incredible information, you want to share it with people. You want people to know it. You want people to have the power that you have. You really do. And then you want to share it with a certain way. And sometimes you'll encounter people that aren't ready for it yet. And you try to explain it and you can't. So the way that I feel guided to answer that question from the angels is knowing that as you dive more deeply into that, and you have a more fluid relationship with that, it doesn't matter who around you is on that journey with you or not, you are making a difference and bringing the rest of humanity with you. That's the way I wanna, that's the way that makes sense from what they're saying. I love that. I And I love that, like taking the pressure off, like needing to find the right words, needing to convince people, needing to, get people to understand. And it's just that, just being it and being with them and non holding non-judgment and just allowing and that surrender that you've talked about and just letting things move through us. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And one of the things that the angels have revealed to me is for some of the more incredible things that you can possibly imagine that we're already doing and going to be doing, such as by locating and actually like being able to travel to locations without having to get onto an airplane, there's some of us that's going to open up for first and it's not going to open up for everybody all at once. And it will open up for everybody all at once, but it's not the opening that exists or doesn't exist. It's our access to it. So that means that the portals are open already. For us to do incredible things, including if we're ready to start materializing things from out of nowhere, the availability is coming close to that. And so for those of us who are already students of the light or students of our own consciousness that are really actually getting in alignment with that power within, for those of us that are doing that, we don't have to wait for those that don't understand. And those that don't understand aren't holding back the collective from progress. And that's one of the things that I hear that the angels always correct, but it's, but they're not awake yet, but they're not awake. What's going to happen to humanity if they don't awake? No, everybody awakens at their own point and everybody hits their own point of incredible awakening at their particular time. We don't all get there at once. And there's nobody or no group of people or no level of consciousness or intelligence, whether it's lower level or whatever, that's actually holding humanity back from its evolution. The evolution to the new earth, the incredible new earth, and re-accessing the abilities that we already have to do incredible things, that is all part of this journey. And the inversion aspect of what we're meant to see is that the earth that we live in was inverted to give us those things. The inverted earth doesn't truly exist. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of this, but I will tell you that the angels are revealed that not everybody and everything that is on this planet is real. 
And that means that some of the most catalytic, let's say, people and events are actually pure illusions. So when I used to work in television, if I wasn't the main role character, I used to work in the background. And a background actor, you fill in that space. You call it a background actor because you fill in that space. There are people on this planet that are background actors. Sometimes call that in gaming, NCP or something. NCPs, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. non-something player. Non- uh huh. And there, there is a bit of that here, and there's a bit of background actors. And believe it or not, some of the some, if not all, of the political figures are actual background actors. But a lot of the things that you see going on, and even let's say you are on the freeway and someone cuts you off and flips you off, that person, because they lack consciousness, is more than likely one of those background actors. And so, you know, it's a very interesting picture of her life experience, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This one, I think I, you've pretty much touched on this, but if you have any nuances for this specific question, basically saying that not if they're going to make it into their 80s and feel like there have been already four kind of potential exit points that they've been through and wondering why they're still in their body, how they're still in their body. Maybe they have more light to shine to grandkids, oh. children, and husband. and. Is this something that you're seeing? So, yes. First of all, I can to answer this directly, and I'd love to expand on it just a little bit as well. I have a lot of clients right now who are, a lot of times people come to readings, it's kind of like a massage for the soul. It gets you into that more expanded space and it helps you to begin to create at a higher level just to have that expansion. And I have a lot of people who have been here for a while and have been part of different stages of the last 60, 70, 80 years. And so where we're at now is very disorienting because of some of the events that are going on that appear to be going on, let me say, in the collective, okay? And there is something, a very spectacular event. And the reason why there's a lot of people on the planet, a lot of real people and the NCPs, if you want to call them that, the, is, the reason why there's a lot of people is because we all got tickets to be here for this spectacular event. Even though this event has happened to be a progression, there are a couple of big shifts that are really exciting to be here for. To be here for an awakening of a planet that's been in cycles and cycles of almost getting here, but not making it, right? Blowing themselves up at the end or whatever you wanna say, because there's been lots of resets here on this planet. There's been lots of civilizations that have risen and, and fallen and risen and fallen and all of that. And just look around at the buildings, like the ones that look too incredible to be built by today's measures, which is all of those incredible buildings in Europe and all over the world, the neoclassic with all the marble and all that that's from another. <laughs> Anyways, the, there's been lots of resets here. And, and so this is an incredible event because this is the event where this is taken to the new height. This is the event where this is happening. So for those that are still sticking around and wondering why, this question also applies to be answered to those who feel like all the good has been sucked out of the world. And what am I still staying around here for? Because I get a lot of that too. I get a lot of that. 
of people who are like, why am I still here? Because it's really taxing to be here right now. And it doesn't or feel I like, don't feel like I'm, I hear that a lot. Too. I don't feel like I'm from here. What am I doing here? Yep. There's that one too. Not being able to have a relationship with this immense and pervasive level of negativity, which is only part of the upheaval before the shift takes place. So the shift is taking place. The upheaval is still a part of the shift. It's still a cycle of the shift. I still go through my own upheavals as well. And it's interesting because eventually you get to a point where like you see them for what they are and that sort of thing. But to anyone who's like wondering, in addition to yes, being there for your kids and your grandkids, there's still an incredible event that you decided to stick around for. And even though it feels like we're waiting for it for a little while, and even though it feels like incredible work and density to get to that point, almost to the idea that it might not happen, don't lose faith in this. The fact that you're still around indicates that this is going to happen. Because trust me, if something did happen, quote unquote, that would thwart this ascension, there would be a massive amount of people that would just literally ascend with their bodies out of here because there'd be no more purpose to be here because we came here just for that or to help out with that. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. That's beautiful. And if you're anyone who's listening to this content, you are one of those people. So if you're afraid that the world is going to go into some sort of dis dystopian, totalitarian kind of cameras on every corner and microchips and all that kind of stuff, don't worry, because if it was going in that direction, you would ascend out of here before we got to that point. So, because there'd be no other purpose for you to be here. You came here specifically to ignite your conscious creator within. That's all you came here for. You're not a body in the world. And that's what changes when you realize that is that none of these things can actually happen because it doesn't suit the purpose. And God, the creator didn't create a reality or a simulation to overtake itself through us. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Seth, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for your beautiful questions. And But this has been amazing. Can you please tell people how they can connect with you? I think a lot of people want to talk to you directly. So if you can let them know how to do that. Oh, I love that. Thanks. So you go to my site, which is talktomyangels.com. So it's www.talktomyangels.com. From there, you can do several things. You can join a complimentary conscious community that I created where I do angel-inspired events. And that is literally so that I can create connectivity with you and the quantum field. And let's create some miracles in this world. From there, you can schedule an appointment. I do hypnotherapy and readings. Um, you can schedule an appointment to do past life regressions or as well as if you want to connect with a loved one or do talk to your angels. We go visit the library, the Akashic library. You can access your records. We could do all kinds of things with that. And then I created a deck of tarot cards. You can order those there. They have an activation in them, Ascension of the Angels tarot cards. And I also teach a tarot course as well as a separate course for connecting with your angels, which is a one-year one year mentorship. And you can contact me for details on that because that's not on my website yet, but you can contact me if that speaks to you as well. Beautiful. 
Thank you so much. This has really been uplifting and informative and inspiring. I'm really grateful. Yeah, and thank you. And then I see the comments too where it says thank you. And those of you that have enjoyed that. So I'm glad that I had an opportunity to bring this to you. So Yes, thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful week ahead. Mahalo. Mahalo, thank you.